Hi guys, welcome to the second episode of my social enterprise. This is Rui. I'm a graduate from Master in Social Entrepreneurship at Goldsmiths University of London, hoping to increase awareness about social enterprise movement in Malaysia. Introducing you social enterprises based in Malaysia by inviting social entrepreneurs to share their stories. So this is the part two of the sharing from Will Chua from Follow Farms, teaching you how to love yourself and your loved ones through farming. If you missed the first episode, here's a brief introduction about Follow. Follow Farms is a community organic farm located in Ulu Tiram, Johor, Malaysia. The full name of Follow Farms is Feed Our Loved Ones. And that's their vision to feed their loved ones with health-giving veggies, at the same time to feed people's minds and hearts through creating space and activities for the community. In this episode, Weir shares the four important pillars of Follow Farms, telling you how these pillars relate to our physical and mental health also to tell you how Follow Farms upholds these pillars. So there's the four elements that Will always share to the volunteers and also to his loved ones because I think that's really important and it's a very inspiring uh, thing to share to the audience. It kind of like link us back to nature, our relationship with nature and the whole ecosystem, biodiversity biology ecosystem. So will you share that with us? So, and you know, when, when people visit the farm, I, um, I always share with them, uh, or we, we actually, not us, but the whole farm, everybody at the farm who remembers this, uh, uh, we always share that uh, FOLO has four, four pillars, why, why, we, why we do what we do. And really, it goes back to the history where of health um, and, and health and the environment being together. So, so when we first started Follow, it was because we, we could not stand that we are such a fortunate country, but yet we look around these days, people have chronic, whether it's young people or old people, we have chronic health issues from autoimmune disorders to cancers, some happening really young. Uh, we I lost a few follow friends who are who to cancer and and mental illness, and also mental mental health. You know, yeah. and so, so why are we, you know, de- so developed or developing as a country, and yet we have so many uh, chronic health and mental health issues. And back then, uh, Doctor Lemuel, who is one of our founders, uh, he's a you know medical doctor, really good friend, mm. and 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 you know the, some of our other co-founders, we. We did. We tried to do as much uh, rational research as we can, and we found that actually, the 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 root cause, the root cause of our chronic physical and mental health issues today can be traced back to four reason reasons. And the first reason is is the we are feeding ourselves really bad food, mm. and and what do we mean by bad food? Food that is laden with uh, chemicals, pesticides, food that is processed, food that is calorie-rich but very nutrient-poor, and food that is 
just you know, uh, uh, there is a study showing that um, for uh, we have to eat four times or something as much as vegetables and three times as much meat as our grandfathers to get the same nutrients. That's how. So that's how empty our food is. Very rich in calories, but very low in nutrients. So we we realize that one of the re- key reasons of this chronic mental and physical health is that our we are just feeding ourselves very bad food. And the second reason is 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 disconnection to nature. And and many, many studies are now showing that, you know, humans and nature, we are together for like, you know, imagine we are married to someone for four billion years. And then in the last 30 years, because of urbanization, because of industrialization, we get a divorce. So imagine if you have very good description. Yeah, imagine you marry someone for four billion years and then you get divorced. It's very painful, right? And 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 you will fall sick, you know? So 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 and and studies are showing that studies are connecting the fact that oh by disconnecting with nature we are we are losing a lot of uh mental inspiration uh, refuge but also phys- physiologically uh we don't, our immune systems are not interacting with the the soil the diversity in nature the bacteria the all that so our immune systems are not trained like no like a muscle that is not trained you know, and you know, in the, when I was young, I jumped into the river, play, and all that, and my immune system was playing with all the bacteria and all the fungus, and that's why we are, we are strong, and that's why our elder generation is strong. So we are disconnected from nature, and and we feel this. They call this the deep ecology. You know, the deep nature deficit. They call it a nature deficit. All of us have this nature deficit, where we we cannot sit still in the city because there's something we feel that is disconnected. You know, even psychologists are, are calling it a nature deficit. And in Scotland now, people prescribe nature, like doctors are prescribing nature for to help people recover. So, yeah. yeah. I think that's why also, like, people always say, I need a nature retreat. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, periodically, when you're so busy with all your work, your study, and suddenly you just feel like, I want to go to the beach, I want to go to the forest, I want to go trekking. Yeah. scuba diving and all that that's a really uh, i think it's a wonderful relationship between yeah. human and nature and food food is nature as well every day we yeah. die with food. so we 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 all know it I, I you know you, you make a very good point we all intuitively we understand it and now there's a lot of signs and studies showing that if we don't have that we fall sick it's like covid now right people are trapped in yeah. their houses we fall sick so the that was the second reason yeah and the third reason is and this is also, you know, we know it intuitively, but now it's supported by studies, is the fact that we are now disconnected from people. We have the lack of community. Mm-hmm. You know, we have evolved hundreds of thousands of years as social creatures. And, and for some reason, again, in the last 20 or 30 years, we decided to disconnect to, to community. We became very individualistic. We want to be very successful, competitive, uh, in the economy, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and that has taken its toll. There's a, there's a price that we have to pay for that. And again, studies are showing that whether you in blue zones all over the world where people live very long, one of the key things is the strong community uh, connection between people. And, and Harvard had a very long-term study showing that the, the, the biggest uh, uh, indicator of happiness to people is genuine, deep human connections, community connection. So we found that studies, we found those studies and we say, oh, wow, okay. And then the last one is what we, again, we can, we can call it meaning. 
the lack of meaning, you know, the, the sense that we are not part of something bigger than our life, we are not part of doing something longer than our lives, not part of a bigger whole, that lack of meaning makes people sick and make, keeps people sick when they, are, when they fall ill, they don't get well. And, and, and meaning can be religious, it can be spiritual, but it can also just be uh, uh, a set, making meaning of what, what, why are we here and what is my role in this life. You know? so, so these are the four root causes of our chronic health and also the same four root causes of uh, how nature now is degenerating. We are, we are, we are not, we are dis- the destruction of nature is also because of these four things, actually, if you think about oh, it. Really? Yeah, because of the, we, we are disconnected, so we, we don't treat nature as part of us anymore, although we are nature. Oh. You know, so we don't have that love, that connection with nature. We don't touch nature. So when we see a forest, we, we just think about, oh, this one, the timber is this much. The, you know, oh, if I, if I build houses, it will cost this much. You know, it will, I will make this much profit. You know, we don't have that, that connection, right? And so, and, 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 and it's also like when we say lack of, when, when we go into a forest, if we don't have memories that we used to play in the longkang and the rivers and all that, we don't, there's no, is, is, we cannot blame those people for chopping it down because they don't feel something for the forest. They don't love that forest. So, so the idea, so these four things actually cause, you know, and also if we feel, if we feel that life has no meaning, you know, it's very easy for us to just go and chop down that tree. But if we feel that life has is very meaningful, we look and we look at the tree, even the tree becomes meaningful. Wow, the tree is giving us oxygen. My in-breath is your out-breath. Your in-breath is my out-breath. And, and, and so when life has meaning, when you look at nature, nature has meaning too. And so these are the four root causes of both the health, our health problems, but also nature's health problem, because we are one, right? We're together. So, wow, this is a new perspective. I'm so. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so, do you mean that the nature is also lacking of the human um, element? I mean, like humans' uh, meanings and humans' love. Yes. And that's why they are undergoing the destruction, uh, the destructive uh, process. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is, I mean, this, this might appear a bit in counterintuitive, but if you walk into Gunung Pulai, for example, or Panti, mm. you feel a sense of love and you feel a sense of belonging to that forest. But the forest also f- feels good. You can, if you ask yourself, actually the forest, well, it's like, wow, t- thank you for coming, you know. But if you walk into a, like, I, you know, every week I walk into my friend's land, and it's an, it used to be an old oil palm plantation. You know, you feel sadness, right? You feel like, oh, there's this, there's something about this place that is not very, like, it's very gloomy. You know, when you drive along the road and you see all these oil palms, it just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't give you that sense of joy. And, and that is also the, the sentiment of the land. You know, like, we can be so much more diverse. We can have so many more animals and so, be so complex in our systems. But while we are just a monoculture of, of oil palm plantation now. So I think it's counterintuitive, but it's something that I have experienced. Like I go to a land and I feel, I feel uh, uh, that sadness. And, and, so, and so this is very important. And, and, and it's the same thing with the first point, which is food. When you know, farmers 
even our you know, follow farmers, they tell me, right, if when, when their mood is happy, the vegetables are healthy. But when you are sad and you grow food, the vegetables also don't look good, you know. And that, that's what uh, Handsome, we, we have this farmer, we used to call him Handsome. He used to tell right. me that, he says, when my mood is bad, my veggies look bad. And it's true, <laughs> you know. And also, when, when the forest is healthy, and, and we know this in, in studies, uh, when the soil is healthy, when the soil is full of life, the veggies don't are not afraid of pests. The the trees are healthy. They don't need any pesticides. When 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 you know when the when the when so and that that kind of veggie we eat, we become healthy as well. So it's all connected. You know, when the more we grow good food, the more nature heals too. So so the same principles apply. And so actually, at, and, and back to your question, you know, like because of these four root causes. Uh, what we want to do, whether, whether it's uh, for low-growing, uh, uh, recycling food waste or growing food on our farm, or we help a, a friend uh, with agroforestry and all that, we want to challenge, again, peacefully, but also try and share and inspire people to go against this stream, against these four big rivers, right? Systemic problems. And we go against it. So everything we do, we try to push back and we say, no, we don't want it to be like that. So the first thing we do is we always try to grow the best nutritious food by taking care of the soil and giving, making sure that we take care of the soil and grow soil, grow good soil. And, and also in that, in that, in the same vein, we also regenerate the forest or regenerate the land. So that's the first thing that we always do, whatever we do, whether it's with other people or with ourselves. We try our best to keep getting better at it. We're not perfect, but we try. And then the second thing we do is we always make sure that we want to be connected to nature. That means we don't... Like for me, I, I, I want to touch the soil. I want to do mm. composting. We don't want to have an online app where people are controlling the animal on the farm. You know? <laughs> like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with okay. that. It's, yeah, it's fun and all that. But for me, is we must create every opportunity for especially the young people like you and, yeah, and, and yeah. younger generation to touch yeah. nature. You know, because there, we have le- lesser opportunity, uh, opportunity to touch yes. the soil and also to touch the plants, the real plants. Some people in the urban even never ever see a real chicken, you know, yeah. ducks as well. Yeah. So and it's it, kind of like pity. You know, when my friends keep take the banana leaf and feed our goats, you can see the sparkle in their eyes. And they are like, oh. And imagine what that will do for them when they are older. They remember, I know how to feed a goat. I, I have carried a chicken in my arm or a duckling in my arm. I have touched soil. I know how soil smells like. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a TED Talk. I think her name is Emma Harris or something. And in that line, you know, her, her talk is about nature. is everywhere. Uh, we just have to learn how to see it. And, and, and it's one of the resources I, I recommend everyone to watch that talk. And at the end of that talk, she says this line that I will forever remember. She says, anything that we don't touch, anything that our children don't touch, they cannot love. So we, we must let them touch nature so that they can love nature. And it's so true, right? Like everything that we don't touch, we, we cannot love. We don't know how to love something that we don't physically touch. Yes. And, so, so, and so everything that we do at our farm or we don't have a, you know, there are lots of places where, oh, you can only see from outside. 
you know. Yeah, and, yeah, and, just and, like zoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zoo concept. And actually, if you think about it, even like, you know, you go to those national parks in the US, you know, they say, oh, you cannot go in. Ah. It's just see from outside, you know, they, this is a highly protected area. But then for mm. me, it's, that's not true. Humans and nature are together. So we, we should be allowed to touch the trees. We should be allowed to to touch the soil, smell the leaves and be in the in nature, not outside of nature. Even in protected areas, we should be allowed to touch nature and be, and therefore touch our hearts, you know. And so yeah. everything we do is about touching nature. So growing, allowing volunteers to come, you know, we are not afraid to, if you plan wrongly, you know, you just come, you know, we just spend time together, you know. And, and that's related to the third thing that we do. Everything that we do is community-based. It's not commercial-based. It's not efficient. So we have a lot of... Uh, we have a lot of arguments on our farm sometimes. Like, oh, we'll, uh, oh, you know, Jason, we are not efficient enough. We, we don't need so many people. We can make more money by you, uh, working more with less people. You know, we, okay, you know, we can like Sanchen, you know, in Chinese we say, yeah. you know, and this and that. But we are, why, why do we have so many people? You know, and why are we asking the aunties to pack? We, if we hire someone, pack faster, much faster. Why do we pack so slow and all that? But, but that's again, going against the third, Thing, which is community so we want to create a whether we want to create a place where community can uh, revive you know like I like to tell the story my mom uh, my mom my father died when I was 20 and and my mom have to raise three children and you know when you are a mother and you have to raise three children you have to work very hard and one of the price that she paid is she lost a lot of her fr- her social life, right? Her friends, she yeah. had to work so hard. Yeah. And so when I f- came back to Malaysia and we started Polo, I found that my mom had not many friends left. And mm-hmm. even some of the friends that he she was close to in playing mahjong and all that, some of them died because of chronic illnesses. Mm-hmm. And so my mom was feeling quite isolated. But today, yeah, oh. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, but like seven years later today my mom and i think you know the other day i was sharing with you she comes to the farm she she packs you know yes we don't need her to pack she's a retired lady but she wants to pack and she's now good friends with other mothers that are on the farm she they go traveling together before covid you know and they they you know she has a sense of community and they they talk when they're together it's like the old days in the coffee shop you know they talk about oh my son is like this your son is like that they start gossiping and talking about you know, community. So that's the change that I see in my mom. Even though she's still quite solitary, like she likes to be alone, but she also has a community. And and so, and the same story goes, you know, we, we need to reconnect with people with genuine uh, physical meetings and sharing heart to heart. Not Facebook friends, but real friends, you know. Yeah. And, and, and so that's the third thing that we do. Everything that we do, we want to do that. And because we know that when you have community, you heal. Yeah. And the last thing that we do uh, is meaning. And, you know, at, at our farm, even at the founder, founding family levels, we come from different backgrounds. We, we have different religions. Uh, some of us are Christians. Some of us are Buddhists. Some of us are Taoists. You know, in our 150 families, uh, some are, you know, doc- like for example, we have a doctor, a Malay doctor. We have Indian families who are Hindu we, we, we are multi-racial as a country. Yes. But, so when we talk about meaning, uh, but there's, only, there's one thing that we can agree. 
and 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 one is our health. You know, uh-huh. we all care about our loved ones, our health, and 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 by being part of uh, a community farm, you are caring about your health and your family. So we come together for health. But the other thing that we can come together for is for for nature, and we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. And so and so what we do at Follow is we ask ourselves. What can what is something that everybody, regardless of race and religion, uh, can feel meaningful when they become part of Follow, and so that's why we collect food waste. Right, every single oh. day, we we spend half of our monthly expenses, you know, mm. on collecting food waste. Uh, we drive the truck for free. Abang Malik, who is you know, will drive, and we make compost. It's a very messy business, right? You saw it. It's food waste is not easy to deal with, but yeah. we. We, we want everybody to know that half the money that you give to the farm for your vegetables, half of that goes to recycling food waste, giving the next generation a better future by not polluting our rivers, by not creating more methane gas. And we are using that to produce, transforming that waste into the, like, like you said, gold. You know, waste is gold. And we use that gold to grow food and we eat that food. And we... We become a localized economy. We don't have to rely on external, yeah. you know. So that kind of meaning, you know, uh, uh, and 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 this is something larger than our life and longer than our life, you know. So 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 we we build meaning into every day what we do, and 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 when we when, and hopefully even if if you are lost and you don't know what you're doing, just by being part of follow, you know that you're part of something meaningful and and. And that will heal you. Waking up every day and knowing, oh, I'm part of something meaningful. I'm, I'm contributing to something meaningful. That, will, that, that is also part of healing. And, and, and Mother Earth heals too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's... I still remember the line that you say, uh, you share with me. It's about the best impact is first yourself and then your loved ones. And everything is... For me, like uh, from your sharing, I feel like everything is so related to each other and it's like everything is circular, to be honest. So you do something and then the outcomes of it will rebound to you and then you can feel it. It's really amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, a, it's a long lesson that I've learned, you know. Um, I remember when uh, when you first came and you spoke about social enterprise and impact investment and impact measurement and all that. I remember those days where, where, where I'm also, I was also searching for that kind of uh, meaning. And, and for me, it was a, it's a personal story, right? I, I, I wasn't, uh, uh, I realized that I was trying to take care of everything but myself. And then that's, yeah. why, that's why I found myself, oh, I, I was unhealthy and, not happy and all that and but the moment the moment I realized that and the moment I started taking care of my body my health my food my nature my connection my meaning uh, then I realized that even these days sometimes I, I feel like I'm such a lazy farmer I don't really <laughs> work anymore but that energy is there you know like when I meet people like you or when I meet uh, anybody on the streets you know I like to think that compared to seven years ago, even just being there, just being present, uh, is already more helpful than seven years ago. Because seven years ago, if you if we if you have met me seven years ago, maybe you don't even want to talk to me. I might have been uh, very <laughs> anxious and 
you know, results oriented and very bossy and very, I don't know what I was, but I, I was definitely fatter and, and not healthy. And, and I, I might have given you uh, a different kind of energy. Uh, but just by, and just by taking care of ourselves and, and, and doing the right thing for ourselves, uh, we are also taking care of others at the same time. At the same time. Yeah. Definitely. I really agree this statement because I myself experienced something. It's like, you don't, if you don't care about yourself first, you will bring out very negative energy to other people. But firstly, of course, it's, you're going to bring a lot of negative energy to yourself. That's really, really unhealthy. So it's like, for me, mental health is really, really important. Take care of yourself first, then others. It's not about, this is not an act of selfishness, but it's really, it's, um, it's really for you and also for others. That's the lesson that I really learned like from you and also from the past few years we, from other people. That's a very good lesson. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, I, I'm so, so happy with someone like you, you know, saying that like at your age, because like, it's so clear, right? Like if we ask ourselves, even if we ask ourselves, what do our parents want most for us? You know, and, and like my mom or whoever. And, and the, the first thing that comes to my mind is my mom just, my mom wants me to be happy, right? And, and so if I were to take care of myself and become happy, my mom will be happy as well. And so, so, so by taking care of ourselves, we take care of her because, because she, she's worried about us, right? Our parents are worried about us. And, and I think that inward journey is also something lacking now, right? I mean, I think, yeah. I think in the old days, like my, my grandfather would say, every time he had an argument with my grandmother, he would have a lot of time to walk in the, the, the forest behind him or he would yeah. go to coffee shop and he would talk to his, old, his brother or his friend, you know, but now we don't have that kind of time to reflect, to go back inwards, to, or to meet a friend, to, and then our friend don't have time for us also now, you know, last time, yeah. oh, okay, la, talk for three hours, bring kopi, you know, <laughs> now it's like one hour, it will, you know, I need to go here, hey, I need to yeah, go there, yeah, you yeah. know, so, so that, that whole, you know, time, we need a lot of time for these things in space and to take, to, to be able to have time for this and space is important, la. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think we have too many external attractions <laughs> and I mean, you, the attractions that are not, net, not very, not, not going to bring meaning to us, but yeah. with things that we have to pursue that because every, everybody else is pursuing that. And because that's my kind of like the lesson learned. So I think like going to your farm, like the follow farm, I feel like I could um, close. Firstly, it's about closing, be close to nature. But secondly, it's also like, it's quiet enough to calm yourself down and then uh, to have, it's not really a reflection, but it's like a calming and healing time. And also like talking to the people because the people there are so friendly and they are like willing to share whatever they know. So it's a very great place to be honest. I think you're building a very good community at, at the farm. <laughs> Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. It's my first time visit, but I could feel that the energy and the vibe. <laughs> I mean, we also have our bad days, and but nothing is bad, right? Like food waste, you know, like food waste. When we have our bad days, we just uh, compost the bad days to to become good days again. 
Yeah. Uh, lastly, Will, could you share some books or maybe some materials that you think is kind of like really impactful to you, to the listeners, and also to the to the young people out there? Right. Right. Uh, wow. I mean, I I have been. I'm just very grateful that I've been. I've met many inspiring people and read and read or watched many inspiring things uh, uh, on this journey. Um, so maybe I'll start with uh, farming. I think when it comes to farming, it's, uh, one of my mm, heroes is uh, uh, he's a man called Ernst Gosch. Uh, Ernst, how do you spell that? Sorry. I think it's E-R-N-S-T, Ernest. Uh-huh. And then Gosch is G-O-S-T-C-H. So oh, he's, okay. a, he's a Swiss man, but he lives in Brazil. And he, he started this system called Syntropic Agroforestry, which is what I'm learning now. And, and really, there are some videos online and you can find it online, Syntropic uh, Agroforestry. Or you can just Google Ernst Gosch uh, oh. Agroforestry. So it's just, he's just very inspiring. His life is very inspiring. His method is very inspiring, really, in harmony with nature and and uh, I, I would recommend everybody to watch all his videos, uh, the, the ones in English, and, and if possible, also read some of, the, some of his papers that he has done over the years. He took 500 hectares of cornfield monoculture, and he regenerated it himself, and 20 years later, 17 rivers came back on the land. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's, that's how wonderful he is. So, so he's one of my heroes. Um, I'm also a, a learning a, a student of permaculture. So if you, you know, there are many, again, many, many nowadays, there are many resources online on permaculture. Uh, uh, I like Bill Mollison's books, uh, which is a found, well, he's one of the founders. Uh, uh, David Holmgren, Bill Mollison. So just understanding uh, the principles. I think there are 14 principles of permaculture. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. And uh, so... So these two are my my influences, and I'm still learning every day how to how to do it better. Mm. Uh, that's that's for farming, and uh, for for I guess health and well being. Uh, my 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 biggest teacher is is a, a Zen master. His name is uh, Thich Nhat Han. It's very hard to spell, but uh, uh, is it Indian? He's a Vietnamese. So Thich Nhat uh-huh. Thich Nhat Han. He's actually a oh. Human, yeah, yeah, human, human rights activist. Uh, he was uh, a social activist against the Vietnam War. He was a good friend of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, wow. He's still alive. He was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. So he's a mindfulness teacher. He's, he teaches mm-hmm. mindfulness, and uh, he yeah. So so he's one of my my you know I I love all his books and. I went on a few uh, retreats in nature with with him and his you know his his practitioners, and it really helps me even day to day every day uh, just practicing uh, mindfulness, uh, and so he's a very big influence on my life. Uh, and then another person that really inf- uh, I don't know whether I think it's more in Chinese, but he's a guy called Pierre Loisel. Pierre Loisel is our follow farm mentor. Uh, uh, he's actually a French Canadian man, but he lives in Taiwan, and he has a book in 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 Taiwan in Chinese called Yu Ji Xing Shen Huo, which is uh uh organic new life, you know, the heart yeah. of organic life. 
sing as in heart, you know. Oh, you know, okay. Yeah. And 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 he has a, I think a few TED talks uh in Chinese. Pierre is a, a dear mentor of ours, a friend, and he was the one who taught us how to compost uh food waste, and he encouraged us to to not look look down on uh, food waste and please, please uh go back and and do it. Don't just talk about it and do it. So he was the one who really inspired us into action. You know, not just talking. You know, in seven years ago, so so these are uh. These are our yeah. I guess these are my 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 inspirations, and uh, I love reading books about uh nature, about history, like like sapiens, like uh I'm reading a book called Until the End of Time by a a quantum physicist. I just love books that uh help us uh see clearly scientifically mm. how mm. we are all interconnected. You know, mm. uh, 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 and and more and more science showing that, and and also that connects us to our heritage, our history. You know, as humans, as as farmers. You know, I just love that because then it keeps my selfishness and my ego down in check. You know, I'm just. I like to think that we are just all of us. We are just an ambassador of our our heritage, our ancestors. So the more we understand our heritage. The more we can just be an, a good ambassador of our our parents, our our farming heritage, you know, our spiritual heritage, and so 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 I like I like to read books like that. So I encourage everyone to find the, your roots, you know, to understand your roots more, so that you feel grounded and 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 you don't feel floating like a cloud, you know, <laughs> more like a tree. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I just want to also share that. Um, in the last two three years, the people that inspire me are no longer just the the white people in you know the US or Europe. You know, there's a lot of that in the beginning, but now really, the people that inspire me are the local heroes, like you know, people like Langit or you know, Tissues and Roots, or uh, a lot of permaculturalists in Malaysia, like Serukam Farm in Sungai Petani, Sintong, you know. Uh, Pop and Chi Farm, Healthy and Home Farming in uh, in Penang. Uh, just so many inspiring, you know, a lot of permaculture people, you know, Ulu, Perma, Ulu Permaculture, you can find yeah. them online. Uh, I'm part of that, uh, that movement. Um, more and more, I, I think maybe as I get older, I also feel more uh, rooted in Malaysia and in Singapore, yeah. these two places. And the people who inspire me, even Mr. Tang Hongboon in, in Singapore, who is a farmer and a nat- naturist. Um, so I would I really encourage everyone to not look too far. You know, I think we also have the tendency to look very far into the US, the UK or Australia or something. If we look closer and we look deeper, we can find local people who are doing very inspiring work and, uh, and, and learn practically from them and be with them, spend time with them. And a lot of all these people are Farmer Fang in Cameron Highlands, you know, uh, Hatiku Farm, they're all very inspiring and just very generous. They 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 allow you to give spend time with them and yeah, it's better than paying thousands of dollars to go. Anyway, we can't go, you know, with COVID, we can't go anywhere. So 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 I really encourage people to you know to support local. Support local. We are over globalized. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's time for a local movement. <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah. Alright. Thank you so much, Phil, for sharing today. It's still 
fascinating to like listen to you today. <laughs> I hope that the pandemic can end soon, and then the farm can reopen for volunteers and visitors. I would really like to visit again, and then be the volunteers there, playing with the soil. <laughs> Yes, yes, and I, I, I really enjoy speaking to you. Thank you for your time. I uh, wish you good luck with your podcast, and also, yeah, uh, when the when we are open, please come. Uh, I'll bring you to see the agroforestry side, and and uh, yeah, I'm I'm very thankful. Thank you for listening and allowing me to share. That's the end of the sharing from Will about Polo Farms and also his story. I hope you enjoy his sharing and also have been inspired by him. If you have not listened to the first episode, I will recommend you to do so to have a better understanding on what is Polo Farm and also to know more about Polo Spirit. Follow Follow Farms on Instagram and also Facebook to check out their wonderful work. Also, please remember to follow my social enterprise on Instagram for any updates about the podcast.